Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Real spoilers powered by ReviewSTL.com. Warning, the following film discussion will ruin the ending of any movie you haven't seen. Example, Bruce Willis is dead at the end of The Sixth Sense. See how I ruined it for you? Just like that. Here are a few more. Silent Breed is people! I am your father. Get it? Real spoilers. You've been warned. Broadcasting from the Lush But Not Lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude, this is Real Spoilers, episode 452, Lego Movie 2, the second part. I always feel like it has such a long title because it's like, so you've already said the Lego Movie 2, and then they add on that the second part, and it just, I don't know, to me it always like feels like a mouthful to say that. Yeah, it I does. Like it's I clearly it's trying to be a joke, but I don't get what so what the joke is. Like I, I, I think the joke. I mean, the joke is the second part. Yeah, like that's the joke. But it's a matter of getting to the joke that takes forever. Yeah, I feel like it should be called like Lego Two, the second part or something. But the fact that you have to say the Lego Movie Two, the second right. part, it just it it doesn't work. Isn't the rule of thumb kind of like three words or less? For your movie title, like, can are they? Can you name more than like three movies that are really good that have more than three words in the title? Well, there's Avatar Five: The Quest for the Hidden. Oh my god! And they're just like, oh no, the... they're all going to be different. They're all standalone <laughs> pictures. It's like Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh, what I a... have. I, somebody said I have Avatar fatigue, and they're not even out yet. <laughs> I, it's crazy. Like I've, I can't. I mean, the fact that it's ten years away, and no one really thought they were that great. Like they were a spectacle, but like they were ten years ago. Now you have all they, the movies. Not they. It was it. Right. Well, that's the thing. It's like the <laughs> it franchise. Was no they. It was so long ago. It was revolutionary at the time, but it's been ten years. We're sick of 3D. So the thing that it revolutionized, we don't even like anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. And now you're like, let's have four more <laughs> yeah cameron's like i gotta come up with something new christ almighty right. i know he's he's gonna have to invent see what they really should do since he's such a pioneer in technology he should have invented like the first interactive vr movie or something i yeah all right that's fair yeah. he's over there Damn. like who'd like to smell an avatar <laughs> oh i mean i will i will say that flight of passage right at disney does smell really good it does they spray the thing like they do it soaring like, it's new no, they spray the uh, if uh, the Soren ride was the one that first was really big over there. That like you're hang gliding through different countries. Now it goes all over the world, and like they spray a smell for every country or every continent, whatever the thing is that they do. And then for Avatar, they have a very similar smell for Pandora, and it's very like uh, rainforest and and it's like it's just some poor schlub with a bottle of bleach. <laughs> Oh, jeez. There you go. <laughs> Enjoy the ride, sir. I don't think that is, would smell that good. <laughs> no, probably not. Oh, bleach is all right. All right. That okay. explains a lot. <laughs> Depending on what experience oh. you're trying to recreate. I guess that's true. Yeah, that's it's, fair. It, it's a different F word of the Avatar. It is. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so uh, we should probably go around our metaphorical table and uh, introduce ourselves. This is Joe. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. And uh, just a quick uh, reminder for people that didn't listen to the box office report, we are on Skype because we had really a uh, ice storm, a really bad ice storm, and so it was too dangerous to drive, so we're <laughs> an, all... An ice storm that happened about two hours before we had to record. Yeah, yes. a little inside baseball. I'm glad Joe said something. Uh, apparently, I'm seeing tons of reports that like, people have been stuck on the main highway around here for like an hour and 45 minutes, and it's really bad. And so like Tom and I are just waking up. Joe works overnight, and he's like, yeah, the highway's really bad. It's like a sheet of ice. I can't make it. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, well, I don't think we can reschedule. I guess, you know... He's like, oh, stop being a 
pussy. Yeah, no, I'm just like, I'm like, <laughs> I don't think we can reschedule. So we came up with, okay, do it on Skype. And then I get two messages from different people telling me how bad it is asking if I'm going to the podcast. And I look out my window and I'm looking out right now. And still my, I live like where I have to go down a hill to get out of my neighborhood. And like, it is completely iced over. I could, I could just like slide down the whole thing. There were two bi-state buses that were like, I wouldn't, they weren't jackknife, but they were not in uh, a good position on a city street. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going home. Yeah. Uh, I know I have a responsibility to this podcast, but, uh, if the, if the buses are sitting like this, no, thank you. Yeah. So anyway, that's what Skype was made for. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they made it. So, uh, if we sound different, that is why. But, uh, so I guess, uh, from there, uh, shameless plugs. Don't forget we're available on Apple podcasts and Spotify and wherever you get your podcast. If you want to swing on by, uh, iTunes and leave a review for us, it would be greatly appreciated. Goes a long way in letting people know that, uh, maybe we're worth listening to. Uh, also check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash real spoilers. While you're there, join the League of Show Sharers. And of course, don't forget us on patreon.com slash real spoilers. We, for five bucks a month you get all sorts of bonus content and of course if you're creating a will uh feel free to leave real spoilers in it a small <laughs> great greatly appreciate it taking the npr route you know if you're a state <laughs> setting, that's real get... real with two e's make sure <laughs> yeah right some porsche loves to be like i don't know why i'm getting all this money i just you know i just like the name real spoilers with spelt it correctly <laughs> so uh i guess there that's all of that uh i guess let's uh let's dig into lego movie two shall we yeah, so where'd we all land on the first Lego movie? I was all about it. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah, I it was I think it's just about as good of an animated movie as we've had recently. Uh Lord and Miller. I Tom and I have, have waxed poetically about Lord and Miller and Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, which they you know, they kicked off that franchise. That's the first time I was introduced to them in like a movie form. And I just think those guys are, are comedic geniuses and, and I loved this first movie, the Lego movie. Yeah, I think the problem that they they captured lightning in a bottle, and they have tried to recreate that lightning over and over and over, and I think this is the first time, well, probably the second time, that they've missed. Because I think Lego Batman was fine. Oh, I think it was incredible. I loved Lego Batman. I thought it was, I thought I was, like, all of the references were fun. And the story was fine, but I feel like it was just like it was Lego Movie turned up to eleven, and Lego Movie was already at eleven. Oh, so I'm, it was. I'm it surprised. Was super intense. I'm surprised you being a comic book guy. I mean, oh no, that... the references were great. Like I thought that you know, getting super nerdy and super meta on some of those references were were totally fine. I just mean like the uh, the way it looked. Like there, it yeah. was lots of colors, lots of explosions, lots of. Uh, everything that was a hmm. little bit over the top for me. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, critically, the movie was great. It has a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, average of 7.5 out of 10, so that's pretty solid. Um, I mean, I just, I've heard nothing but people loving that movie, so I just, I'm surprised you picked that one over, like, Lego Ninjago, or... Well, that, like... was, the other, that was the other one that was a swing <laughs> yeah. and but anyway, so yeah, I mean, the first one, we can all agree, the Lego movie was great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and this one actually picks up right when that first one leaves off. It's been, what, three years, right? Five. Five, five years. years. Okay. There's a five-year gap. Uh, but the first one, this movie starts when those other alien, well, other Lego aliens come down one hit. When the main, I guess would you call him the main character? I guess well, the main human character? The, he is the one who's creating the whole world. So Bricksburg, you've seen the first movie. We find out that the kid, Will Ferrell's son in the movie. Uh, is that his real son? It's not. Uh, but okay. but he, this character, he has created this whole world. He goes down, he plays with his dad's Legos. Everyone's seen the movie uh, and creates this whole world with all these characters. And so at the end of the movie, they set it up for now his sister's getting into Lego type, uh, you know, building block toys. But it's Duplo, the kids, you know, right. version Which I of Lego. Was good. Like, it I is like good. That. Yeah. So you yeah. get all these big, like bulky, like Legos are more detailed and Duplo is like big, you know, circular, big, you know, blocky monsters. And they say like, you know, we're here from Duplo we're here to destroy you <laughs> and so that is kind of like what happens and over the five years like things have just they've worlds have combined and well and also they they kind of double down on the uh the bricksburg begins to it, it changes with the kids sure. right so like in, instead of it being like a you know 
a super fun, happy time. It becomes like a post-apocalyptic town because the kid is like an angsty teenager now. And you've got the girl, the, the sister who's, you know, way into pop music and uh, everything teeny bop. So her her additions to this place reflect her. And they, they turn it into Bricksburg becomes Apocalypseburg and it's Mad Max, right. basically. Basically, yes. Which, I like uh, except like, for Emmett. I like the conflict in terms of like that is the problem when you have two kids of a different developmental stages trying to play together, though, is that like the girl's version of playing is basically undoing everything he creates, right. which yeah. is which is maddening for him. And but there's also the irony of like it's also why the dad didn't want him to touch the stuff in the first place. Right. Totally. I, I like that setup. I really like where they went with that. I like the introduction of not only the male versus female, but but the older brother, younger sister dynamic and how that affects Bricksburg. Right. And so uh, Apocalypseburg, uh everything is not awesome. Everything's uh, <laughs> not awesome. And I do like, like, we'll get into that song at the end. But, yeah. Um, I do like that Emmett is exactly the same. Yeah. Like, he's not, he, he has not changed at all. Um, and he, like, I also, I also appreciate that they don't really make him and Elizabeth Banks' character, like, romantic. Like, it is, it's, it's kind of there, but they're just friends. He wants to be. <laughs> I don't know that. Well, I mean, he wants to build the house and have the perfect home for them. I mean, I think he wants to, but I mean, Wild Style, who is now going Wild by Style, Lucy, you, yeah. she, uh, I mean, you know, she's wants to be off on an adventure and she wants to go off and fight this new force that's come in. And, and Emmett's like, yeah, I've made us the perfect home with the right. garden and the flowers. And the, I, I love their, I like their relationship a lot because you can tell that Lucy cares about Emmett and Emmett certainly cares about Lucy, but they are still so different. Like neither one of them has changed the other really that much i i do like the 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 brood the brooding scene like right from the get right from the jump like she, wild style is looking she looks like um the gal from resident evil hmm. like the same like she's got this you know like the the hood and the thing covering her face and the glass and the goggles and she's explaining like about brooding yeah and emmett's just like i don't think i can do that and he's like you got to think of something so scary and he was like huh no no i got nothing yeah so this is where we get like the the plot device where Emmett has a dream uh, where he sees a dolphin. It says it's five fifteen, and you know uh, the world opens up and our Mamageddon is on the way. And uh, sorry, my two year old is screaming at the top of the steps That's, for me. It's fitting for a Lego movie. <laughs> yeah, right. did, did she just step on your Legos? No, but I have stepped on plenty of Legos, and Maya Rudolph's reaction. Totally justified. <laughs> totally justified. But yeah, so he, he envisions our mom again. And it's just, and again, going back to the first one where there's all kinds of play on words uh, for real world stuff compared to lego world stuff. it's clever i mean there's a lot of stuff in this movie that's clever and it works but like you said at the beginning the problem is is uh, you know that first movie is such lightning in a bottle like they've done a lot of clever stuff since and it's not that it's not that this movie isn't good but i mean that first one was so good that it's very hard to to even meet those uh, impossible expectations yeah i definitely there's a lot of fun stuff I I wanted to love it. I mean, and, and just like Tom said, uh, you know, I mean, we're both fans of Lord and Miller. I love their stuff and I love the first one and really all the Lego stuff. Like I, I wanted to love it so bad, but it just, it just couldn't hit that level. Like I just, I wasn't into this one that much. Interesting. Yeah, I, Tom, I enjoyed it, but, uh, but yeah, I didn't, I, I, I didn't fall in love with it in quite the same way. I don't feel like they phoned it in, uh, but no, just, not at all. But, uh, but it just it just didn't quite click for me on the same level. I also think there's uh, some expectation differential in that I was dreading seeing the first Lego oh. movie. And I remember oh, I was really? with another critic. I remember that screening. All the critics were like, this is just the dumbest cash grab idea for a movie we've ever heard of in our lives. Just the idea of especially because Legos, they, you know, it's not even a toy with a plot. Right, sure, like, sure. It doesn't even have characters really, and so we were just like, "Where are you getting a movie out of out of Legos?" And 
we were just, I mean, you could tell we were all just primed to destroy that movie. And when it was over, we were just, I mean, as giddy as jaded film critics can get over, (laughs) over a movie because it was so well done and so good. And it, it is a crime that that movie wasn't even nominated for best animated picture. Yeah. yeah. It should have won. And then it didn't even get nominated is just, I mean, you know, is that cinematic outrage. That's, that's the Oscars in a nutshell though for you. Right. Totally. Um, but, uh, so again, I thought this one was, was solid. And if I had never seen the first one, I probably would like this a lot more, but as much as I loved the first one, uh, I, I really, I wanted to love it more. And there, there are certainly things to like, and overall I enjoyed it. I don't feel like it's a complete, you know, it's, it's not an, it's not a bad movie. It's just, you know, and I feel like, you know, when your teacher would pull you aside and be like, you can do better than this. <laughs> well, and the other thing you got to keep in mind for this one, too, is it's not directed by Lord Miller. It's produced by Mort- Lord Miller and and they they wrote it. But, you know, you, right. I think you do lose is this the Shrek guy, uh, Shrek four. Uh, but right. it's also the Deuce Bigelow guy, the Sky High guy, the surviving Christmas hey, guy. Sky High is good stuff. <laughs> you know, but it's just he is, you know, sometimes you get a Lego movie too directed by mike mitchell and then sometimes you get the lego batman movie uh you know where it's like i was that who was that that's chris mckay the guy that was in talks for the that's nightwing not, movie and I, I mean that's still on the table yeah, yeah but i mean i've not seen that right that's okay. true but it's like so like i feel like chris mckay perfectly captured what was great about lego movie translated to batman and the other thing is too you're living in the batman universe so you're focusing on one universe uh chris mckay has you know batman tattoos on him he loves the characters loves the comics so like that was a perfect translation whereas i feel like this guy you know he may know what he's doing as far as he directed trolls so that was a successful animated movie oh okay uh but you know i just i don't know that it translated to him as well as it translated to mckay or as well as lord miller could have done with it so um again the movie's not bad by any means but it's just it lost that something special where i he couldn't really pick up and run with it i don't think as well as we had hoped for and so the movie was good but it never i think tom said it best i never fell in love with the lego movie too uh i thought oh there's a lot of funny awesome stuff in it but at the end of the day i left and i was like okay i don't really i'm not clamoring to see it again no and i i'm in the same boat i thought it was smart i thought it was fun but I am not again. I'm not clamoring to see it again. I think it being written by Lord Miller's, where you get the cleverness, the funness. I mean, it's the guys that wrote the first one, so you have their stuff in there. But I just feel like maybe the decision making, you know, maybe them not being on set every day, not being the directors, you know, I feel like maybe that lost something. To whereas, uh, you know, they they do a lot of improv. You know, they're really funny guys. Uh, the reason they got fired from Solo was because they were improving too much. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I just feel like having Lord and Miller being the directors means they're going to go, Hey, no, try this. Hey, do this. Hey, do this. Yeah. Where at the end of the day with this, they're on four projects and they're just watching, you know, the clips every couple weeks or whenever they're on set and they're like, okay, this will do, but they're not in there. Like what could they have done with it on set every day? Yeah. I think that's the real difference. And that's why the, the fact that they wrote it is why it's still a good movie, mm-hmm. but the fact that they probably weren't involved on a day-to-day basis is what stops it from being a great movie like the original Lego movie. Yeah, and, and I don't even see that they have anything in the pipeline. Well, it's, it's a shame, just real quick to that last point, it's a shame they get fired from Solo. If they weren't working on Solo, I bet they could have directed this. Oh, probably. There's a lot. There's a really great missed opportunity there because, yeah, like they they spent all this time working on a movie that never saw the light of day, at least not their version of it. And this movie, which could have been, uh, you know, a a phenomenal movie, I think, if they were involved on a on a daily basis. Yeah, but they wrote Spider-Man. They I mean, they produced it. I didn't think they it's not just them. Oh, it's not. I thought they had a I thought they wrote the story. I'm going to look it up. I don't think that they wrote. I mean. Okay, so Phil Lord does have a screenplay credit on it. Okay. Um, Rodney Rotham has a screenplay, and Phil Lord has the story. So what I'm guessing is that Phil Lord kind of created the story, and then probably sure. the other guy ran with it. I'm not saying he wasn't involved at all, but it's not Lord and Miller. It's Lord coming up with the idea, and then probably Rodney Rotham filling in all the blanks and doing the research, and you know. 
that makes Lord sense. cleaning okay. it up. But but yeah, it's just it's a shame. Like Tom said, I mean, no one could have predicted that. It's one of those things that you know, hide inside's twenty twenty, and obviously every you know they're just as disappointed as anyone. But um, it, it's a shame it played out that way because I really would have loved to have seen their version of this uh, where we might be again swooning over it and going, oh my god, how did they make it better than the first <laughs> one? Yeah, but they didn't. Yeah. So you know. Uh, so yeah, so we should say that the the aliens have shown up, and the Lego people's option was a to first send the Justice League to uh, go to this alien world and take them out. I do like that they have switched out the old Aquaman with the new Aquaman. Yeah. Uh, also voiced by Jason Momoa, which I thought was very funny. It's pretty funny. Um, and so we've got our our Superman by um, Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum, Green Lantern by Jonah Hill. And then Wonder Woman is Colby Smolders, and they disappear. Like they go into the what is basically the the door upstairs. Uh, they disappear and they're never seen. The stair gate. <laughs> yes. Oh God. So good. It, there's a lot of clever stuff, and uh, you know, just to touch on your point with sending the Justice League away, I think another problem that this script has overall is you send almost everyone from the first movie away. So. Right. We loved these characters, and I understand there's a lot of them, and there's a lot of voice actors to pay, but they did that thing, which is very clever, where you get them in the first 10 minutes, and then they you know, find a creative way to make everyone you know disappear. And, Except for your main two characters. Yeah, and so it kind of, I mean, even Wild Style is abducted and kind of goes off on her own journey, yeah. and you know, you bounce back and forth, but... As soon as I saw that in the theater, I go, oh, that's what we're doing. Like, you didn't get, you got everyone to come do audio for a day. And so they could be in there. Lord Business shows up and goes, bye. And then he shows up at the end, hi. And then, (laughs) you know, so you lost that magic where we love all these characters. We love uh, Nick Swartzen as the pirate. We love Benny, the spaceman. We love these characters. And they got rid of them for whatever uh, logistics reason that they had. I mean, they probably couldn't bring... I mean, I'm sure Charlie Day was still filming uh, Always Sunny. I know that they were working on a a new season probably when this was coming out. Uh, Nick Offerman, I don't think, was doing anything, so I have no explanation for that. But the problem... Um, Yeah. The, yeah, sure. You're right. Yes. The problem you run into <laughs> is they didn't know the Lego movie was going to be a smash hit. And I bet you they only had one movie deals. Oh, probably. Think about how much money it is to sign on even Charlie Day or Nick's, Nick uh, Offerman for um, for a second movie when the first one made a billion dollars or whatever. Right, it, it's right, just, right. you know, I, that's why Will Ferrell's in it for a cup of coffee. Yeah, I think that's why it's logistics. I mean, I'm not saying I mean, maybe they did come up with a story, but I have a feeling they were writing a way around all these characters. And uh, it's a shame because if they could have gotten the whole cast maybe to come back on a hilarious adventure, you know, that would just give it that extra that extra bonus. Extra but bonus. I agree. I think that's exactly what they were doing is they they had to figure out how to write all these people out of it. They kept them in just long enough. So to make a trailer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To make a trailer <laughs> and to not make it feel completely like just, you know, you could all only new, all new characters. Yeah. Right. But but that was certainly uh that was certainly a, another uh, stumbling block, no yeah. pun intended. I um I think you also like this is the big difference between them writing it and them being involved. I think day to day is that it's a very clever movie at times. There are some very very clever p- parts, but I didn't feel like it was as silly or whimsical as the first one. And I I think you can write clever, but you almost have to invent silly on the fly and. Yeah. And so you get glimpses of silly, um, but it's not as it's not as consistently placed throughout in the same way that it was in the first one. And I, and I and I agree. I think it's them not being there day to day to be like, hey, let's try this or what if this happened and give us another read, but this time do it this way. And and uh, and I, I think that instead they got a director who was def- definitely like, you know what? I know I'm not Lord Miller, so I'm not messing with the script. Right. We're gonna. We're going to shoot what's on the page. Yeah, and that's why people do. That's why a lot of times, uh, directors when they're making comedies, I mean, almost all of them will do. Let's let's film what's on the page, and then let's do a couple of improv takes. And then sometimes the improv stuff makes it in, sometimes it doesn't. But when you have that flexibility, and people are improving. Like Tom said, that's when you come up with the silliness. It's stuff that you can't predict. You have to be in the moment, and then everyone busts out laughing, and it's like, yeah, we're using that. Right, and I think that's the. the we jokingly talk about like the brooding scene with uh, Wildstyle and Emmett, but it definitely feels like this is 
a darker movie. Yeah, it's dour. Like the the stakes are high. Like people are being abducted. the The world is ending for them. Like you're right. I mean that's that's another problem. Is uh, the first one where everything is awesome and Emmett's a relentless uh, positivity shine through even in the face of danger. Where it's like with this one, it's kind of a bummer for a lot of it. It is kind of, and I think to Tom's point, like that's where it loses it. Like the the whimsy and the silliness are what make that first one so perfect. And when you take those away and you kind of double down on the quote-unquote darker story, you lose what made that first one so great. Yeah, because I think from a, from a plot standpoint, the first one's pretty dark too. I mean, right? It's, oh, it's, totally it's destroyed. But you but you get those that silliness throughout that that makes a dark story not feel as dark and when you don't get that consistently in this one it, it does make it feel darker yeah right uh yeah so the justice league is gone uh we're introduced to i think her name is she's from brooklyn nine nine uh stephanie beatrice who's general mayhem oh, okay yeah uh yeah so she shows up and batman will you know will arnett again great as batman i didn't know that ray finds or is ray finds yeah rafe is alfred oh yeah well he so that was the weird thing that did you know in the lego movie rafe finds was alfred but didn't voice voldemort no is that right and voldemort's in the movie yeah that's the funny part and so uh i think i'm trying to i saw yeah i interviewed chris mckay about the, the lego batman movie and i asked him about that and i i think it had to do with something like the expectation of the fans or something or no maybe he felt weird like asking him to redo this iconic role or something like on oh, top okay. of alfred it's I, it's been s- several years now but it's like they're very well aware of it and i don't think there was like a contractual problem or anything but i think it was just something about it being weird or having the same guy be alfred and him in the same movie something you know huh. Well, it's not like he does an Alfred's voice for Voldemort. It's a completely different voice. Yeah, I mean, you could still tell both of them are Ray Fiennes, though, if you know Ray Fiennes. I, I don't, right. I don't know, but it's just, it's funny that he, that Voldemort shows up and it's not the guy <laughs> that's also in your movie. Right, yeah. right. So yeah, so uh, Batman can't beat General Mayhem, uh, and General Mayhem kidnaps again. Emmett is like, God love him. He keeps trying. But he's just not that good of a good. Guy. I mean, the, the, this this whole opening with all the, the characters the is counter, yeah, it, was very funny. it's very funny and very clever. And the star who's like crying and and like and yeah. and he of course lets him in. Wild Styles like, what'd you do? You know? And the star and, and then all of a sudden General Mayhem's in there with them. Like it's just it's funny. Yeah. I like that humor and that carried over from the first very well. Um. Yeah. So then they are all kidnapped and. Uh, they being all of our main characters, so the pirate, the spaceman, uh, the cat, and uh, Wild Style are all kidnapped by General Mayhem, and she kind of takes them away. But they don't—they don't really tell you where they're going, other than to the stair gate. So Emmett takes it upon himself to go after them, and he takes the the house that he had built for him and Wild for him and Lucy. It's just way easier to say Lucy than Wild Style. Sure, constantly. and they do it in this movie, so that's fine. They do, yeah, right. Uh, and builds into a little spaceship and goes after them. And of course, uh, Emmett isn't going to make it. And right before he crashes into an asteroid, here comes. Oh, isn't it like Rex Danger or something? Yes, Rex Danger, which I th- I was like, yeah. And I feel like I feel like they wanted Kurt Russell. Well, I mean, no, no the whole so. the whole thing is it's the progression of Chris Pratt's career. I mean, it's perfect. Uh, yeah, and he's doing a Kurt Russell impression. Oh. I think he's doing John Wayne impersonation. Oh, Rex maybe. Rex Danger Vest. I had that cadence. I can see that. Which I feel, which I feel like Kurt Russell also has that cadence. Yeah. Well, but John Wayne had it first. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but 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 <laughs> this totally. Fair. But this whole thing. I mean, I do really like the fact that Chris Pratt. The entire movie is Chris Pratt poking at himself in his career, going from right. you know the schlub, the Emmett. Chris Pratt was Emmett, and then he went to rex danger vest like it's it's very smart again the way they wrote this and those characters and they they even say like you know like oh a chiseled chin hiding behind baby yeah fat. like it's, right right you know? right and he, of course he's has a 
a spaceship full of raptors that he trains. I thought that was yeah, great which... that that he trains raptors and like especially right. right from the when they cut to like the montage of the different characters and and him training the raptors and then like that they're his henchmen through the whole movie like right it's so basically so random but it's like in those Jurassic World movies it's like oh my god he talks to raptors and they do all this stuff it's it's great right. So we go to uh, well, I don't remember the name of the the planet that the that General Mayhem is taking the the, the group to, but now we're introduced to uh, which I thought was a great scene where we see kind of like a traditional like a newer a newer version of the Lego people, which is what they are, right? Like that's what the I took them as being like the the girls Legos. Like there's a set right. there's a set of Legos that are, you know, pink boxes. I'm not trying to be sexist. Like they have they've marketed a whole wall at Walmart, Target or whatever to the girls quote unquote Legos and like they are more um they're a little bigger, I think. They're smoother. They're not as tiny and detailed you know what i mean it's like it's just marketing yeah, yeah. it's the way that they've made these for the girls section uh and so uh, yeah because they weren't as big and kitty as duplos but they weren't your traditional legos either right they didn't look like all of the characters that we they have like more facial features yeah they're bigger like the f- features aren't as tiny it, it, it's just it's hard to describe it but lego friends is what they're okay called. yeah it's a different line there you go lego friends there it is so we see like this horse and we see this girl sitting on top of the horse and they just assume that the girl is the the, the queen of this thing and it turns that's out That's funny. Well, it's the horse. I, that was funny like when yeah, they got down and no, it's that's her. Right. And she's voiced by Tiffany Haddish. Uh and it's interesting like uh Queen Whatever Wanabi. Yeah, Queen Whatever. That's her name. Yeah, Queen Whatever Wanabi. I don't remember there being this many songs in the first one. No, I I, I like that they did this. I like the the Disney esque musical portion of it, like you know, singing about a, a plot like this. Um, but right. I didn't like Tiffany Haddish. I thought she was miscast in this role. Oh, I liked her fine. I I, I just didn't like it. I liked her. I like I, because this character is like set up to be the villain, and then it's not the villain. Right. And like Tiffany Haddish has this edge to her voice to where it's like. She can be silly and fun, and I'm like, okay. And then it's like, oh, she's supposed to be the villain. Okay, I buy that too. <laughs> yeah, and then she right. ends up not being the villain, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I still buy that. Like, I, <laughs> I, I honestly think that she was perfectly cast. Wow, yeah, yeah I liked her a lot. I, you know, and it's not, it's not anything against her. It's I think maybe it's her lack of uh, voice acting experience. Like, I just mean acting wise. Like to me, I heard Tiffany Haddish. Like, I just that's all I heard. I didn't hear a nuanced performance. Whereas, like, I think like Chris Pratt is very good as Emmett. And so to me, there was just something lost there where it's like, okay, they got one of the biggest names out there to do a voice, not to, to act really, but that's just, that's just me, I guess. So, yeah. So she gives a whole, a whole song about how she's not the bad guy. And I do like how Lucy's kind of like, isn't, isn't this exactly what the bad guy would do? Yeah. Clever song. Everybody's like, no, no, the song's great. Like it's, it's such a great song. So they, they think that they are brainwashing all of our characters into just like falling in love with this, the, the sister world, basically. Um, while at the same time, Emmett is riding with Rex and they have to, you know, they Rex kind of decides, he's like, okay, we're going to go get him. You're going to be the hero. I'm going to teach you how to be tough and do all this other stuff. And of course, Emmett, you know, he uh, delusions of grandeur, I guess. Like he just wants to be, he wants to be the thing that Lucy that he thinks that Lucy wants him to be. So he agrees to go with Rex and, you know, learns all these cool moves. And uh, we end up, where do they go where they find all the heroes? Oh, uh, I just, wherever planet, that's the, that's the first spot, whatever right? planet they, they, wherever the planet is that justice league went and blasted off to like, yeah, they went there. Do they go through the stair gate to get there? Yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah. So it's just whatever. But I don't. I can't remember if there was a clever name for it. But they they eventually go to that planet. I just have to mention. Wasn't it sad when his house that he built for Lucy was destroyed? And then again and again, I'm just like, but like in the very beginning, he built this perfect house and it gets destroyed. I'm like, it's it's just funny when they can make you feel kind of emotional about like these Lego yeah. characters. I'm like, he cared so yeah. much to impress her and build this house and and squish. Yeah. But then he turns and into then, a rocket and then of ship. course. <laughs> Well, and then and then it gets broken again. Yeah, like Rex just kind of touches it and it falls apart. Mm. So yeah, so they end up in this town, 
and this is where we find Superman and the Green Lantern and everybody's the, and you know the three different versions of Wonder Woman, which that big one was super creepy. <laughs> Uh, I'm guessing that's probably in that Lego friend set or something. It's like a different. Yeah, I don't know. That one creeped me out. <laughs> so all of like he's, he's so they not... never returned. Right. Like Justice League went to go do what they had to do, and they never returned. And we find out that they're all now like Superman's mowing lawns, and like they've just. Ad- do like he's like I'm sparkly now. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm sparkly yeah, man. Yeah, they're all sparkly, and they've all adapted to life <laughs> to where it's just like very odd. And Emmett's like, "What are you guys?" That's now stands. The S now stands for silly. Yeah, yeah, silly. exactly. Silly, silly man. man. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I, th- I think Ike Burkholz was Lex Luthor. Oh, was he? I think so. Yeah. That's funny. Um, and I do like where you know Lex is like, "Can I get you guys some tea?" And Emmett's like, "You're gonna take tea from your arch nemesis, Lex Luthor?" Yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, man, we're all friends here. It's no big deal." Yeah. So something is amiss, obviously. Right. And then we, I think we keep cu- we keep cutting back between the two, uh, where. Tiffany Haddish's character kind of she's she's leading on that she's not the good guy because she wants everybody to listen you know they they take Lucy to be in isolation but listen to like so like that's where the weird part is for this movie is they want you to double down on the fact that Tiffany Haddish's character is the villain and she's doing a lot of villainous things that don't make sense when the turn happens like what? Well, I mean, like, so she's she throws Wilds Lucy into like an isolation chamber and forces her to listen to the song over and over and over again. Which is what's brainwashed all the. But I don't think that that's a villainous move. I think that's an eleven-year-old girl move. Oh, yeah, you, right. Like, it, hey, listen. But, hey, listen to this song. Listen to the song that I love on repeat. I think okay. that, that that's what an eleven-year-old girl would do, or a nine-year-old girl. How old she's supposed to be? But like, I think that that's like to to the sister, that's not torture. To the brother, it is. Yeah, that's that we got to remember. These All two right. worlds are the brother versus the sister's worlds colliding, and so you're gonna get each of those sides of what the younger sister would do and what the older brother would do. That's okay. That makes more sense. Because, like, when you're watching it, and I, I didn't put that together until you just said that, is, like, she is torturing them. <laughs> right. It is. To, yeah. For the brother, it, it, this has all been torture. But the, right, right, it's right, not right. coming from a place of, of cruelty on the part of the sister. It's just an age and developmental stage disconnect and, you know, some and some gender role differences. Sure, sure. And the Justice League, remember, the little sister stole the Justice League. The reason why they never came back was she takes the spaceship of the Justice League and runs up Stairgate with it. And so now all the Justice League guys love their sparkly, happy (laughs) pop music because they are now basically the little sisters. So, like, she has created these this world and the characters love to do these things with her because that's what she does. She listens to pop music and plays with glitter. That makes way more sense. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm with you. So, so yeah, so now Emmett and If Rex, only you had daughters, Joe. Trust me. <laughs> I got to tell you, neither one of them are into anything like this. Well, yeah, because you're like, let's watch uh, wrestling, and, wrestling. Yeah, and Monster yeah, Squad. And, and, yeah. I was, it was funny. I, I was sitting upstairs, and uh, the youngest kind of hopped in my lap, and she was like, can we watch hockey? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Yeah, we can. Is that what you want to watch right now? She was like, hockey. Hockey's good. I was like, all right. Let's do is it. Is Leanne ever like, why am I the only girl here? Sometimes. Like, yes. what did you do to our yeah. daughters? <laughs> I turned them into my sons. Yeah. You, know, you won't give me any sons? Well, I will. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, I'll do, it my, I'll do it on my own. So now we've got Rex and Emmett, and they kind of get taken. Like, they're on this, this planet, and Rex forces Emmett to dig down deep and find the one thing that scares him the most. And it was losing all of his friends and not being tough enough. And he develops the power of the fist so he can like, you know, channel that anger and that hurt and smash open like holes in Legos. Mm. And I don't know how they didn't make a dirty joke about master breaker. I don't know <laughs> how they didn't either. I mean, that was, it was primed and ready to go. Well, Cause a Warner uh, brother but- said, remember this is a kid's movie. <laughs> They yeah, could have still make that, that joke. Yeah. They could, it could have been, you know, yeah. Master Breaker. I, will I go blind? <laughs> uh, and I do like the line where, where Emmett's Matt. So Rex is holding back, like, all of the Legos who are trying to uh, body snatch, basically, Emmett and Rex. And 
I do like where Emmett he smashes a hole in this little plane. He's like, "Why is there space under the street?" <laughs> and everyone's like, "I don't know, man. Nothing makes sense around yeah. here." And they just keep moving forward, which I I enjoy that they don't try to explain anything. We should also just expect you to deal with it. We should also probably mention that from the beginning, from the song that. Uh, queen whatever a nabi or whatever is is has chosen a husband for a ceremonial for to be married to and it's batman right well it's not she wants batman well, but batman's like no well, no, right. no 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 I that's don't. her plan but i don't do that the, the scene where she reversed psychologies oh it was good batman stuff and into wanting to marry her was was pretty yeah. great yeah so she yeah so they're having this you know batman now is out of the black suit the yeah. 89 suit which i always think is funny that that's the suit that they go with yeah is the 89 suit. Because, uh, I mean, it is kind of the yeah, best. Yeah, but now he's in a white sparkly uh, suit. <laughs> with, like a, with like a frilly, you know, a, a fur cape. Fur owl. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, and they're at dinner, and she, he's, he kind of says, he's like, I'm not married. Like, I, I, don't, I don't get down with marriage. And she breaks into this song about how she, she doesn't want to marry him. She'd much rather marry Superman. <laughs> and he, Batman loses his mind. <laughs> It's great. He can't handle the fact that somebody would want the, the Kryptonian over him. Right. Uh, and then he finally breaks down and says, you know, says, will you marry me? And again, like the way it's kind of played is she's like, tricked you. Now you have to do it. I got what I wanted. Oh, yeah. Um, so Rex and uh, Emmett show up and they do they rescue Lucy or do they kind of like bump into each other? Somehow they get all three of them get together. And I <laughs> I like the scene where. Uh, Lucy's like, did you draw a stubble on your face? Yeah. And he's like, no. And he wipes it off. And of course he doesn't wipe it off completely. So the plan is they figured out that, uh, general mayhem is controlling everything with this entertainment device, which is basically just an iPhone. Like yeah. that's, that's pretty much all it is. An old iPhone, right? Is it an iPhone or an iPod? Probably an iPod. Oh, it probably was an iPod. That's true. But it was like an old, yeah, like an iTouch. Yes. Because it was like the old technology that the family doesn't care about anymore, so the the little kid can play with it, you know. Yep. So the so what, Lucy's plan is to go take out the general and take out the music box, and then uh, Emmett was gonna go to the top of this tower and use the 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 power of the fist and smash the tower, and everything will be fine. Um, at the same time, we have we're introduced to Maya Rudolph. In the, the mother, in the, yeah, in we the actually real see. Yeah, we never saw her in the first. We movie. did not. It was always Will Ferrell, um, and Maya Rudolph. We find out is our mom, Mageddon, uh, because the two kids don't get along. And so, wasn't the first thing like she stepped on the Legos and got mad, and, and then no, that was the last time. That was when to the box of storage. Okay, so so she just sees them fighting about right, Legos right, right, and right, tells right, them right. to don't. You better play nice, or you're not gonna play at all. Right. And that's so that they're giving you this the backstory that we got from the first one again, kind of just you know a little bit different because mm-hmm. they couldn't get Will Ferrell. Yeah, and I also I did like I didn't notice at the end where he's like, "Have you seen my pants?" Yeah, and that's funny. My Bella goes <laughs> like the show, and I was like, "God, yeah. I didn't even I don't even remember that." But yep. Oh yeah, that was fu- I mean that was that was a great callback when he goes, "Honey, where are my pants?" Have you seen my yeah. pants? It's like that's why the that's why the kid in the first one created that show because the dad's always saying, "Where are my pants?" Yes, exactly. like that that that's why that first one. I mean, I know this is uh, retroactively changing things to explain it, but it's like again. If you go back and you start to wonder, which this uh, confirms, but you're wondering why the kid created this world, it's all based on his house and his parents and the stuff his dad does. And it's so smart the way that they've created this fantasy world that reflects the kid's home life. Right. Uh, and, they do, and, you know, again, this kid, it's the same kid from the first movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about the girl because we never saw the girl, did we? The girl was in uh, The Florida Project with Willem Dafoe. It was oh, really? A twenty four indie movie about the the people yeah, who live yeah, like right yeah. out was she the main outside girl? of Disney World. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, so good that's for her. that's where you probably saw her from. Like okay. she was great in that movie. Um, but if you haven't seen The Florida Project, again, like A twenty four is on fire the last few years, just putting out these great movies. But yeah, it's about the people that live in the motels, the very poor people that that live in these motels outside of the Magic Kingdom, uh, and you see what life is like. Like you've got all these people spending their hundred their tens of thousands of dollars whatever on these elaborate trips and then just right down the road this is what life is like for these residents and the kids run wild and get into trouble and uh, it's a really 
good movie, but I mean, that's the only other thing I, I think that was kind of her breakout. I was like, what was that movie, Tom, that you talked about with, uh, is it Kevin Dillon with the kids that are just roaming around? Oh no, that was Matt Dillon. It was Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon's first movie role. Uh, but that's, uh, how was the name of that movie? Over the Edge. Over the Edge. Thank you. Yeah. Where they're just ragamuffins. And Brooklyn Prince is the girl's name. So she okay. was, yeah, she was the main little girl in Florida Project and she was really good. And so, yeah, it's, it's just kind of interesting because I'm, I went to IMDb real quick to see, um, I, I don't see her as being in the first one. So maybe, I don't think we ever saw know, the sister or, okay. We so maybe the because, voice. it was just the punchline at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Like, now your sister can play. Right, right. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, so they went and got her because she was obviously great in that other movie. And so, uh, you know, she'll probably be someone we'll see around for a long time. I would assume so, yes. Uh, so, yeah, so the wedding is going off uh, without a hitch. But then um, General Mayhem explains. She's like, look, we don't want to hurt you. Like, you started this. And this is when they get kind of the, a retcon of the entire movie. Where So in the very beginning when... Uh, the Duplo blocks came down. Emmett tried to talk to them and he made them a heart uh, out of Legos. And then, uh, but like they attacked first, like that was the part I didn't get. Right. So he gives them the heart, the, the Duplos suck the heart up and then like it shoots out the top of them. And then the other Legos attack. Yeah, I mean, I think I I took that as the kids just being brother and sister and fighting with each other. Like I I do feel like they were contentious. At, but then they at flat. Then they go to a scene where he's actually handing her the heart, and it's like this supposed to be this heartfelt moment of them coming together. So that was that was supposed to be the exact same scene that was reflected. I in thought the so. first one. I, I yeah I, I mean I'm not saying you're wrong I I didn't make that connection is that being the same time because if it is it doesn't really make sense because I always took it as you know it's the little sister like now the mom or dad is like you know let the you know, let your little sister complain of course right, she's right. going to come and destroy and attack everything because that's how she's playing in your world that you've elaborately created so yeah I don't know I don't know I just like it's it's very some of the things that they're some of the messages they're trying to convey I don't think are working. It might have been retconned a little bit. Could have been, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, so they, Emmett, of course, trying to be super, we get the idea, finally, why Lucy uh, understands what's happening is that, like, look, your world and my world need to come together, otherwise we are screwed, and this isn't going to work. And, of course, that's reflecting in the real world, where the brother and sister need to start playing together, otherwise... Maya Rudolph's going to throw everything in the storage, <laughs> which I did enjoy as well. Totally. And of course, in the Lego world, Emmett becomes the tough guy, gets to the top of the thing and smashes. Uh, oh, I guess we should say that the entire time Rex has kind of implied that maybe Lucy is brainwashed. Lucy kind of comes down and tries to explain to Emmett. She's like, look, man, you don't want to do this. Emmett thinks that she's been brainwashed. Because, I mean, Rex, we're going to find out, has an ulterior motive. So he is trying to do everything he can to break up the brother and sister, whereas Lucy understands, like you said, that the mom has given them one last shot to play nice together. So so they both have these different motives that are about to be on Rex's uh, motivation (laughs) is about to be. I do like where she goes, wait, if you're not the bad guy. And the queen's not the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Who's the bad guy? And of course, we f- we flash to Rex, and it's just like, ah, nuts. Yeah. So yeah. So Rex gives his backstory, which is just time travel insanity. It's uh, it's really funny the fact that it's it, they introduce time travel. <laughs> right. Right. Great. So we we find out that uh, originally Emmett did not get saved when he was going to smash into that meteorite. He smashes into it. And he falls under uh, the the washer, the the clothes washer, and he's dryer. there. What's that? The dryer. The dryer. Right, right, right. And uh, so did did he get lost? And the kid just got another Emmett. Yes. So it's like it's that's really funny that it's like Emmett. The whole thing with the first one, the big question mark was like, so you've got all these characters, but like the main character is a construction worker. Like he's just an average guy. And so like while playing, the kid loses an Emmett. And it's just a construction worker. Like, they got another Emmett. Right. And <laughs> you know, it's not a big deal. <laughs> the other Emmett became Rex. Radical Emmett Extreme. Ah, there oh, you go. <laughs> that's pretty good. Well, they say okay. that. Like, I didn't... Oh, they did? 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I thought at first when his name was Rex that it was going to be, and maybe this is what they were wanting us to think since he was a master breaker. I thought it was W R E C K S Rex. Yeah. Ah, look at you with the, you know, the the anagrams. No, that's not right. (laughs) Whatever that is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we find out that Rex is the bad guy. He's planning this whole, you know, he, he set Emmett up basically. And then we find out that Emmett, because he smashed that, we go back to the real world, and it's the brother smashing uh, his sisters. Which I was also like, "You're kind of a dick. <laughs> like, why are you, she's not she's not hurting anybody? Why are you smashing her stuff?" Brothers and sisters. I got kids now that don't listen to their parents. Yeah. Properly. Uh, yeah, and then so the, Maya Rudolph walks in, and of course I do. I Maya Rudolph is just so naturally funny. Yeah. That she can turn anything into gold. She makes everything better. She does. She really does. Every every time you see her on screen, it doesn't really matter what she's in. I keep thinking back. I think thinking back to a way we go. Oh yeah, and how amazing that movie is, and how oh, I love that movie. And, and I felt so bad that movie kind of got written off as like, oh, hipster BS. And yeah, and it, it got, definitely had that that veneer. But but God, I love that movie. It's such a oh, great, yeah. it's such a great movie. It, I think really it, I think it got swallowed up by Five Hundred Days of Summer. Honestly, it was like right in between. Like it kind of had like some of the same graphic elements as Juno. And then 500 Days of Summer came out, and it just right. kind of got swallowed up. Yeah, it's... But you're right, too, though. I mean, 500 Days of Summer was the same year, and it was like, those were the kind of the competing romantic uh, movies. And, yeah, and, correct. But, man, yeah. I got to tell you, if you haven't seen Away We Go, do yourself a favor, because it's not... Where, like, 500 Days of Summer is kind of a, a, a nut punch at the end. Yeah. Like, Away We Go is the happier version, you know? And Christian, that, I think that's because it's like, I still, I like, first off, it's like 500 Days of Summer. It's like, they, they, they tell you exactly what's going to happen. They do. Mm-hmm. That's From true. The opening <laughs> scene, like the first line of the movie tells you exactly what's going to happen. Right. And also, it's like, it, it, it does have a happy ending, though, ultimately. I guess that's fair. You know? Yeah. Things don't always go the way you think they will. Yeah. Right. Right. Not right, ever. Right. You know, and and I and I will say that that I think that's part of the problem. I think a lot of times people have in society in general is that just because a relationship ended doesn't mean that it's a failure or it it's it should have never happened. Like right. yeah, you grow from it, each relationship, and it worked for a time, and and then it mm-hmm. didn't work, and then they moved on. You, not everything has to be hatred and perfect. And, yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I guess I feel like yeah, it's not the traditional ending. How about that? Yeah, which is still good. As much as I make jokes about how awful my ex-wife is, but I will also say <laughs> she's the only woman I've ever had a relationship with that I still don't have some sort of friendship or positive interaction with. Well, yeah, with well, all right, you're, but you're you know that's well, yeah. I mean, I have to interact, right. with her, But <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's but it's minimal and it's begrudging, and right. you know, it, any other woman I've dated throughout my life, I'm still like friends with them on Facebook. We get along fine. Like it's no harm, no foul. Like it's you know. But you know that's I lo- I love both those movies but but you're right though like you get so many of these typical just generic roman rom-coms especially to where like you know how it's going to end right I mean the rom-com formula is guy and girl meet it's great for a little while then one stupid thing breaks them apart right. and then at the end of course Something they get back together like hey let's have a conversation would fix yeah. everything and happily ever after they of course get back together at the end it's refreshing to see some of these real more realistic r- relationships and like the stuff you guys explained like when they end like that and they make makes you think you're like oh yeah you know and i've had relationships like that and uh it's just refreshing and so check those both those movies out if you haven't seen them it's it's weird when you look at 500 days of summer 10 years and that guy went well it's not even that like that guy went on to direct two spider-man movies one of the uh main guys uh behind crazy ex-girlfriend which is something else great if you haven't watched it's he is yeah he was really involved in that oh well 
least he, you know, somewhat landed on his feet. I always felt bad for him with the amazing Spider-Man movies. Like, I don't know. There were, there's a lot of things I like about those. And I think he kind of got screwed over and there's a just... lot of studio interference in those movies. I think. Right. It's yeah. not his fault. Cause I think he's good. And, and again, a lot of good stuff in those movies. So it, it's a shame how that fell apart. Yeah. Uh, speaking of falling apart. Uh, so my Rudolph kind of comes into the real world and says, that's it. We're done. Like put everything in the box. We're finished. Uh, yeah, she warned him. I mean, she did warn him. So we've got, you know, the the brother kind of says a, a a garbage thing to his sister. And it's just like, I guess my sister and I have a different relationship. We kind of realized probably when I was, I don't know, 16 and she would have been 13 that we were the only ones that the other one had. So it's just like, we better get along or we got a lifetime of uh, being snarky to each other. And we don't really want to do that anymore. So, like, I get the animosity towards each other. Yeah, you know? they're not clearly. I mean, they're a little younger, and they, they obviously are, yeah. haven't figured that out yet. And I think they're. I think this is the typical brother sister with probably, a few years yes. between them. Yeah. Uh, so they're putting everything away, and the the Legos are. <laughs> they break into another version of this. Is, everything is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do. I, I Chris Chris Frank mentioned that he liked the Radiohead reference, and I also really liked that reference as well. So, yeah, so then they realize that as the older brother is putting the putting the things away, how much I guess they meant to them as a as a unit, like a brother and sister unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and he starts to pull them back out and put everything together again. Uh, but at the same time, we've got Emmett and Rex. How did Emmett end up under the Rex puts him there? Does he throw him under there? Yeah. Okay, so good Emmett is stuck under the dryer, and just when you think he's given up all hope, uh, here comes Lucy to rescue him, and then evil Rex shows up and realizes that since Lucy came to get him, this version of Rex will no longer exist. Right. And I do like that they were like, he's like, oh man, you just back to future, back to the future did. Yeah, that's great. I- and they were just like, what's that? I'm a sucker for time travel type stuff. And like, I love that they introduced this element and the logic of that is always funny that, well, if you did this, then how could, then you can't go back and do this because you would have never went back in the first place. And right. Right. And so Rex kind of says, he's like, look, you don't have to be me. Like you're going to be something different, uh, which is a good little message. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, so we go back and everybody's playing together and the worlds are together uh tiffany rudolph looks out the window and sees them playing and we find out that tiffany haddish's true form is the heart the heart that emmett gave to the duplos in the very beginning that was the true form of tiffany haddish the entire time oh and i do like that when they're in the, the the storage container it just says the end yeah and like it was silent in my theater and I was like, well, this can't be the end. Well, yeah. Like, I, can it? Like, maybe? I, I don't know. I You should have. It by, you know, and I was at an early screening and people were all pumped up or whatever. But it, when it said the end, that fake out, yeah, people, yeah. people like in the theater were like, no, you got to be kidding me. You know, and then it comes back and they're like, oh, OK. Like, I, just the I, audible. <laughs> it is interesting how many shots they take at Warner Brothers. About yeah. like the the dourness and the the brooding and the darker versions of these characters, yeah, uh, that's you know, true. They do it. All, they they do it almost the entire movie. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So they they come back, and I actually I like the version, the new version of this is everything is awesome. Like I thought it was mm-hmm. a good good little tune. Yeah. Uh, and then that's kind of how it wraps up: is them all playing together and everybody's getting along. Uh, there wasn't really was there. A, like a, a cliffhanger as to something that was coming up next. No, no, I I think it was funny the the reveal. I guess that that Wild Style was oh that's what it had was. created yes. the song. She was a DJ. Yeah, she created. We should say that like during the re quote unquote rehabilitation scene, like they wash her hair and all of the black comes out. And she it's has, hilarious like, that colored hair. Yeah, she dyed she, her hair black <laughs> to be like dark and brooding, but really she has the colorful like, hair. Like, did I take a, a permanent marker and color every single <laughs> strand of my hair? No, I didn't. <laughs> but yeah, we find out that she was the DJ that created Everything is Awesome. Yeah. Originally. But yeah, I think, you know, 
And then the best end credits of probably any movie. I just, I love the lone. (laughs) I, well, I thought it was really clever, really creative the way that they formed it. And then I love Lonely Island. And so, of course, they are the ones on the original. Everything is awesome. And so they do the end credit song. And if you listen to the lyrics about like it going on and on, and they're like, oh boy, there's another guy. And they like mention people's names in the credits. It's really funny. It was very funny. It was Um, funny, but it was like, oh my word, it just was not going to end. No, no, but I mean, they yeah, even mention that. They're like, no, they do. They, they say, yeah, it's like very self-referential. And there's a lot of people that go into a movie like this. So, and, and it looks, I'm guessing it's all CG, but it looked very practical the way they were like rotating, uh, different sets. Like and- the, I, I felt like the Legos in this movie looked more like physical Legos. I agree. In the first one. I agree. I th- They've come a long way. They've perfected that technology. Like it's unbelievable to me that that some of these scenes are not stop motion. Like the fact that they have gotten the computers so good and they generate random scratches on the Legos and stuff, yeah. so they look worn. Right. Like the the animation is masterful because they know they're making these hundred millions of dollars earning movies, you know, and like they've they've perfected it. There was also we should probably say that there was a nice running gag with uh, Bruce Willis. Oh, oh, I couldn't believe that. I yeah, that was yes. where. So there's there's multiple scenes. We see obviously, you know, in this in these movies, they throw a bunch of characters at you uh, in Lego form. And there's one scene where uh, she's like, "What do you want to do? Take my hair out?" Like Wild Side again is like, you know, if I take my hair off, does that make anything better? I look like Bruce Willis. And then it, the camera swings over, and you see Bruce Willis standing there in the Die Hard One gear. Yeah, where he's just like, "Hey." I'm right here. Yeah. And then there's there's multiple scenes of like uh I think it was Lucy Lucy's crawling through an air, an duct, air duct, yeah. And we come across she's like, "Oh, Bruce Willis." He's like, "Yeah, I don't I don't hang out in here or anything. Like it's not like <laughs> I don't I don't live in here." And I was like, "That well done." That was well, good. That was surprising. I did not expect to see voice that. Voice by all. Bruce Willis. Like it's not he also does the voice. One missed opportunity there though is like I know that like Yippee-ki-yay jokes are kind of the go-to with Bruce Willis, but right. come on, no Yippee-ki-yay master breaker. Like oh. that would have been perfect. That would have uh-huh. been. Good. How do you, yeah? How do you put Lord and Miller would have caught that on set? That's probably true. How do you put uh, John McClane in the movie and don't do that? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think I, I mean it's definitely a different movie. They, I think Tom hit it right on the head. Is it doesn't have the whimsy or the silliness of the first one, and I think that was the misfire i enjoyed it overall but i think not having lord and miller on set doing voices maybe doing some rewrites on the script uh day of kind of hurt this in the long run yeah it was fun i mean i thought it was very clever i laughed out loud at a lot of the stuff like there's a lot of clever stuff in there but it was the magic it was that thing that you know that je ne sais quoi the first one had where you just you fell in love with it and uh, a lot of that was i mean i mean not just the stuff we've mentioned over and over again but again how do you live up to expectations like that a sequel to a movie that's so good i mean right it's it's tough i mean they're destined to make a movie that's not and if we could have walked away and said that was even better than the first, it would be mind blowing because I mean, that, that would not be an easy thing to do. No, no, I agree. It would say not. They've done that before, right? Like we, everybody went into 22 jump street mm-hmm. thinking, how That's do you true. 21 jump street? Cause, and, and it's kind of a similar thing, right? Like 21 jump street. You were like, this has no biz- reason. To <laughs> yeah. Like, why are we even doing this? And yeah. then you walk out and you're like, Oh my God, it's amazing. That's and, why we did this. Yeah, and then you see Twenty Two Jump Street, and you're just like, okay, you got lucky once, and I hate to reduce their their talent to luck, but you know, like you you kind of like really stuck the landing on a property that didn't deserve it once. Are right. we really going to go back to that well? And then it it was just as good, if not better. And and do I do think that unbelievable that's of them. Do you think that has to do with Jonah Hill and? Uh, what's his name? I mean, yeah. I mean, if those guys weren't great in those movies, then those right. movies would be great. I mean, but, but, but I, Lord and Miller for the the story and the fact that they could make a sequel like that had no business being made. Like, was Holly Robinson Pete in one of those, or was it or was it just Johnny Depp and Deloise's kid? I honestly have no clue. I, okay. I don't think I ever watched Johnny Depp shows up and he's in two. dressed up, right? Yeah, that was pretty Well, funny. no, they're both undercover. It's Dom. Yeah. So that it was Holly Robinson, Pete, Dom DeLuise's kid, Johnny Depp, Richard Greco. Uh, and I think Richard Greco's in one of them. I think he might be in the first one. 
But yeah, like he's the one that they could get the first time. Yes. <laughs> anybody can get Johnny Depp for something now. Yeah. Right. But yeah, they're like undercover at the very end. And he was like, oh, you guys are. He's like, we were in the Jump Street unit. And he was yeah. like, oh, that's so crazy. And then they think and they're in a shootout, side. right? Yes, it's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that first movie, uh, 21 Jump Street, had an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes in 2012, brought in $134 million. 22 Jump Street comes out in 2014, two years later, 84%, exact same rating, and it made $154 million domestic. So like Those that- are great. It, but it's just mind-blowing. I mean, I totally agree. I love 22 Jump Street, and it's amazing because when they said that was coming out, I, I think like most people, I was like, no. There's just, no, you can't do that again. <laughs> and so. they tried to do it again with Men in Black. Yeah, I like, mean, that yeah, was that, the talk for the while is that it was going to be 23 Jump Street mixed with Men in Black. And I was so on board for that because I'm like, if anybody can pull it off, yep. it's those two. I was in the yeah, same boat. after all the stuff Lord Miller's done and the success of these, if they say they're going to make that, I don't even – that's like that's just like Marvel at this point. Remember for a few Marvel <laughs> movies, Joe, you're like, eh, uh, I hey, don't know. Yeah, no way. That's going to suck. That's going to be terrible. But, but it's like after a while, you start going, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. Make a billion dollars. Whatever. Yeah. Throw but, whatever character you want on the, on the screen and it's going to make a billion dollars. So, yeah, there you go. Lego Movie 2, the second part. Yeah, the second part, yes. Yeah. So, uh, awesome. Well, I guess uh, I guess that's it for this one. Let's uh, go around the table, and everyone can say where to find them. This is Joe. You can follow me on the Twitter at JoeyButts, B-U-T-T-S 21. This is Kevin. Follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. And this is Tom. You can follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. Uh, you can find the show online. Uh, on Twitter at Real Spoilers or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. While you're there, join the League of Show Sharers and don't forget our Patreon account at Patreon.com slash Real Spoilers. Uh, coming up next week, uh, I don't know, maybe a twofer will knock out Alita Battle Angel or Battle Angel Alita. I can't remember which way they're phrasing it. And uh, happy death day to you. Oh, happy death day to you too. Does that sound like a plan? I, I, I mean, yeah, that happy death day to you looks fantastic. Yeah, I know we never have to convince Joe to do a horror movie. No, not at all. But one, that, <laughs> oh, come on, we all dug that first one too. Oh, absolutely, that first movie is great, and that was one of the ones where I was, my son was trying to like, what horror movies can I watch that aren't you know super rated R? And like, we watched that together. He loved it. How did he like Hereditary? <laughs> oh, that's uh, he's turning ten this summer, so we'll we'll see how it goes. Oh, right on time. Perfect. So, did he like it better or worse than Suspiria? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know he loves the original Suspiria, so that's kind of a biased opinion. He's always kind of a snob about that stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, and the Dario Argento, you know, the colors and the the Goblin score. I mean, he's pretty into that you should, stuff. You should, yeah. you should uh, introduce him to Fulci. That's your next one. Go do those. The, the, the full the Fulci zombie movies. That'll be perfect uh, for him. Well, I I'll actually, put it on the list. I actually rewatched Happy Death Day to you like two weeks ago, yeah. and uh, it really holds up. Yeah, it it's, it's a really smart movie. Like I, I agree. Like I watched when I just watched it. I really liked it. It definitely has me excited about the new one. And like, can our video recovery be for the show that I haven't even seen, but that show on Netflix that looks awesome, Russian Doll? It's yeah. it's Groundhog's Day, just like uh, Happy Death Day was. Like she keeps living this day over and over again, and it looks hilarious. Yeah, I've heard really good things about Russian Doll. Yes. Yeah, it's a, it's supposed to be good. So let make that your video recovery, and uh, hopefully we don't have to issue a retraction. But I don't think we will have to. <laughs> yeah. Let's hope not. Yeah, if not, you can always just do abducted in plain sight. That's there, crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh God. Uh, so uh, so anyway, that's what you have to look forward to. Uh, so uh, until next time, County is really a girl. My killer is after me again. He's not just coming after you. I'm going to have to die over and over again to save all of you. Yeah. So done. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.